so tonight, I'm going to talk to you, um, and hopefully, um, because I don't have my camera woman, hopefully everything will be fine there, and I'm sure it will be. Um, but tonight, I want to talk to you about the process of becoming bold. And I want to talk about this because there are so many people who have vision, idea, passions. You can check it. They'll yell really loud, I think, if they can't see me because they get really disappointed outside if they can't see me. I, they don't really ever do that. Actually, I never hear from them. They are probably playing Scrabble outside. Did anyone check that? That's why we keep the lights off, to try to keep them from playing Scrabble. Um, anyways, uh, there, there's many people that have visions, ideas, passions, but too often they don't become a reality. And I, I, I want to I talk about this a little bit because, um, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to warn you, I might be a little long-winded, okay? Um, so I hope the skeeters aren't biting too bad out there tonight. <laughs> uh, I might be a little long-winded because actually, at, at first I told Beth, I don't think I'm even going to do worship tonight. I think I'm just going to sit and talk. Um, and then she's like, well, you should practice just in case you change your mind. And I'm glad I listened to her so that we could have a little worship time. But I want to talk about this because... I believe that God has equipped us to be a church of not only dreamers, but doers. Amen? The book of James, right, tells us that we are not to be hearers only, but doers of the word, right? That's literally, we know that, we've, we've talked about that in here. But there's a key element to bringing vision into action, and I believe that is boldness. Boldness. Boldness is viewed in so many different ways, Right? Some people may think someone with boldness is a little crazy. They may think that they may even be reckless in their pursuit of whatever that vision may be. Some people will say that they maybe that person with that boldness needs to maybe spend a little more time planning and preparing. But I believe that boldness is the key component that so many people are lacking, that the church is lacking. And it's the lack of boldness that too often allows vision to die. A lack of boldness. Think about the last time that you had a vision for something that God wanted you to do. Didn't it require some element of boldness? I, I mean, like, as I sat there and started asking myself that question, there is always some element of boldness that has been needed for me to step into something or even sometimes to step out of something. Too many people want their vision to come like easily, right? They want someone to hand it. Like I, I've literally heard church planners talk about this and like, well, if someone would give me a building, I could build an, an incredible ministry. They don't actually talk like that, but I want them to talk like that because it feels good like when they talk like that. Um, but in the meantime, they're putting very, very little effort into actually loving and ministering to their community. Like there, there are elements of boldness that unlock provision, that unlock opportunities. But we have to become bold. And I believe that we are missing boldness in the church today. Joshua chapter one, I want to read verses eight and nine here. I want, I want you to see something that, um, that really encouraged me. 
Joshua 1, 8 and 9, it says this. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Verse nine, have I not commanded you be strong and courageous? Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Think about what's being said here to Joshua. God is saying, have I not commanded you? This isn't a suggestion for us to be strong and courageous. Like Joshua didn't have that as an option. God wasn't like, so here's the deal, man. You can either be strong and courageous or wimpy and nothing. I mean, it's completely up to you. Those are your options. You take what, no, no, no. God's like, have I not commanded you to be strong and courageous? We haven't, listen, we haven't been bold enough in so many ways, but I believe what God has been showing us as a church from the beginning is that we are supposed to be bold. And I want you to understand this because um, every time I'm telling you, every time outside of the church, every time that I talk about the bold things that we are doing as a congregation, I almost hear from other pastors, well, yeah, but how many people do you have? Like how many people? And, and I'm like, we're like 30, 40 people. <laughs> and they're like, wait, what now, huh? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you, you probably have more people in your church than we have in our church building and they're like, well, I don't understand how you're, you're doing these things. And I believe it's because of boldness. And I want to, I literally tonight, um, it was something that, that came up recently. I want to share with you some bold things that we have done. We've stepped out and done something bold and how God has answered that boldness. And the reason I want to share that with you, because I'm sharing about what God has done in us as a group by moving in boldness, but I want to encourage you because there's likely something within you that God is wanting to do that is requiring some element of boldness within you to come out. Boldness that the enemy doesn't want you to tap into. Hello? Boldness that he wants to lay dormant and that has likely laid dormant for too long. We cannot piggyback off of everybody else's boldness. Others, other people's boldness can encourage us, but we need to tap into this. And so I, I, I want to share a couple of things, okay? December 5th, 2017, okay? December 5th, 2017. Some of you knew me at that point. Some of you did not. I was in this building, I was with a pastor friend of mine, and um, we are 18 days before launching the church. Many of you, um, like I know the Eiferts, I know Linda, I know, of course, Kim, there's a few of you who knew us at that point, and even met us in this church like two weeks before we were going to open the doors, and probably were like, these kids are on on something because there's no way this thing's going to be open in two weeks. Huh? And so here, here I am, I'm 18 days before, um, before launching the church. 
And I have a, I have a good friend of mine. Um, I've, I've talked about him many times. Uh, he pastors up in Cleveland um, who came down here a four hour trip to come help me set up the TVs and all this stuff. And it was, it was, um, it was, a, it was a vision that we had. Like we were like, no, no, no. We want to be able to have, um, have the TVs up here. We want to be able to have the sound stuff back here because when we got the church, just so you know, all the sound stuff was right here, like on a little cart. Now, had I known Chris and Kristen then, I would have left it there because it would have been so nice to have my friends so close, you know? It would have felt like I had some security like right there, you know what I mean? Because Chris would take a bullet for me, okay? And Kristen will push him in front of a bullet. So, <laughs> so, so anyways, anyways, so we, we, I didn't, I didn't want all this I didn't want all this stuff up here, right? It would have been silly. It wouldn't, it wouldn't have looked right. And so the vision was like, we wanted to have it all back there. That room back there was like, it was a coat closet. That's literally what it was. It was a coat closet. I still have all of the metal hangers in the basement of my house because my wife thinks they're really cool and she wants to do a cool project with them in the future. So I move them around a lot. <laughs> it's fun. It's what we do. <laughs> so... So we, we are setting up the sound system. I've crawled through this attic. You don't ever want to do that, people, okay? And I'm, I'm so thankful. I had enough wisdom. Uh, this is becoming story time with Tom. Just hold on. I'm going to get to some points. It's going to make sense, I think. Um, but as I went to climb up the attic, I had um, a little hat light, you know, like one of those cool like little lights. It was pretty cool. thought I was pretty cool. Um, and, and I clicked it on, it came on, and I had my cell phone sitting over by the water fountain, and I was like, uh, I told myself, you should go get your phone so you have a backup light, but then I also told myself, but if you put it in your pocket and it falls out while you're crawling down here and crawling back, you're, gonna, you're not going to be happy to have to crawl through there again, but then I decided, I'll just make sure it's safe, and I'm glad I did because I got about right there. And my light completely went out. And if you've never crawled into an attic that's like this big on your back that you can't see anything in, it's a really great experience. Um, so thankfully, I, I had my cell phone. But anyways, so I'm, I'm running wiring all through here. These walls had no electrical in them at all, okay? And so I'm putting electrical in. I'm doing all this stuff, okay? But the reason I'm telling you all that is because the first thing that happened was we got back there and I pulled out the computer that I planned to use for our sound booth. It was an old PC that my work had donated to me. I know Chris is so happy to hear this. And when I pulled it out, Sorry. the I'm oh, she's having trouble hearing me. I'll speak up. Um, <laughs> Cause that's a thing now. I gotta keep her away from my face, I guess. Um, so while I pull this PC out before we've run anything and he looks at me and he was like, is this seriously the computer <laughs> that you are going to try to use? And I was like, yeah, you know, me and my frugal ways, right? Like I'm, I'm, I'm very good with making sure that we are good stewards. And so, so he's like, you are not going to use this computer. I'm like, yeah, it'll work. It'll work. And sure enough, it, it did not work at all. And so he gets on his phone and he looks up and he finds the Mac. I'm sorry, Chris, um, but just bear with me. He finds the Mac and he's like, you need to buy this computer right now on this website because this is a really good deal. 
And I'm like, let me explain something to you, my friend. I don't have any monies for that. Like we are 18 days away. We don't have very much left. We are literally scraping the bottom of the barrel. And he was like, well, do you have 500? And let me see. I think I wrote it down because $568.32 because that's exactly how much the, the, the thing was. And I was like, well, we probably do. He's like, then you need to buy this. I was like, okay, I'm going to trust. He's like, hasn't he provided it? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, leave me alone, pastor friend. Um, pastor friends are the worst. Um, and so then I'm like, but I'm still going to need cables. I'm going to need other things to now hook up to this Mac, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so he's like, just do it. And so we bought it. And so the, we spend the rest of the day hooking up, getting everything going. And we get like 95% hooked up and it's like nine, 10 o'clock at night. He's like, I got to get going. And I'm like, okay, I should probably go home and see my family. Um, and so I get in my car and I get to Suburban Propane, right? You know where Suburban Propane is. I get to Suburban Propane and I get a random text from somebody that says, hey, are you home? I have something I need to bring by. Someone who doesn't randomly text me at 10 o'clock at night. And I'm like, actually, I just left the church I will be there in like five minutes. Okay, great, awesome. And I go inside and I tell my wife, I'm like, hey, someone's swinging through, they want to drop something off. She's like, at 10 o'clock at night, what are you talking about? And I'm like, they said they got something to drop off. And they hand me a check for $850. And Chris, I know I probably could have bought a PC for that. but (laughs) But I believe, I believe within me, that because we had the boldness to go ahead and say, all right, we're going to step out and God's going to provide, that I got that text at 10 o'clock and God provided. Amen? See, we could have said, honestly, we don't have the money. We can't make this happen. So let's just waste. I know this is what we want to do. I know we want to be able to have things scrolling. I know we don't, you know, we, we don't want to do anything. We, that was our vision, right? I could have at that point, when he looked at that PC and said, this isn't going to work, you need to spend this much money, I could have said, honestly, I have a hundred other projects to do today, so I'm just not even going to run any of the wiring or anything, because there's no point in me doing something if I can't afford to buy it. But because, and I believe this, because we stepped out, I believe that that gap was filled. And sometimes you have to be willing to start doing something in faith for God to fill those gaps. Like you have to be willing to say, you know what? I don't know how this is gonna come together. It doesn't seem to make sense. It seems like there's some gaps here that I can't seem to fill, but I'm going to start moving in faith to believe that God will do that. That is one story of boldness. I could tell you so many, I'm gonna, I am gonna, I wanna mention this, okay? These pews, some of you have heard me talk about this. These pews are something that I had been watching. I looked at my messages since August 25th, 2017, okay? August 25th, I saw those pews on Facebook Marketplace, okay? I'm a Marketplace shopper, okay? I love it. I'm a sucker for it. Billy knows me. This guy had these pews for sale for $18,000, and Bethany saw them and she was like, I need those for our church. And I was like, well, I'll just reach out to him and ask him to give them to us. 
And I'm dead serious. That's what I did. I literally sent him a message. I have the message that I said, listen, man, I'm a church planner. I ain't got no monies. I am sure that that is the exact phrase that I use. I ain't got no monies, but this would be perfect for our church. We're, we're launching. We, we, we need, we need seating. We didn't have seating. I was like, we need seating. Um, is there any way you would consider donating them to us? And he was like, man, I, he's like, I've got these listed for $18,000. Who's this kid? He's like, listen, man, I'm sorry. I cannot. He's like, I can't, I can't just donate these right now. He's like, but I, I will sell them for $12,000. And I was like, man, that is incredible. Because I'll be honest with you guys, when you start working out pricing for as many people as we bought pews for, it is not cheap. Seating in churches is incredibly expensive. It is insane. Like once we started looking, we were like, oh my gosh, everyone's going to be have their own carpet square. It's going to be fun. <laughs> it's going to be different. Um, and so, so he's like, I'll sell them to you for $12,000. And I was like, I'm sorry. I, I just can't do that. So a month later, literally like almost to the, to the date, September, I sent him a message and I said, hey man, just me, church planner. Saw you still got those listed. Any chance you'd be willing to donate them to us? <laughs> I'm dead serious. This guy's probably like, get away from me. And he's like, man, you're killing me. He's like, he's like, I would love, he's like, tell you what, I will sell them to you for $6,500. And I'm like, that is an unbelievable deal but I can't do that right now. Thank you so much. <laughs> a month later, he sends me a message. He says, hey man, um, $5,500 and you can have them. So we're in October now. And I'm like, $5,500? I've got this guy down to $5,500, people. I'm like, I'm feeling like I should go on like some show where they do stuff like this. I don't know, Storage Wars maybe? I don't know. <laughs> And I'm like, man, I would love to do that, but we are not ready right now. I, I, I just can't do it. And so a month later, a month after that, it is December. Remember, we launched the church December 23rd. It is December. We have nowhere for anyone to sit. I send him a message and I said, hey, man, I can buy him for $4,000. We had scraped up $4,000 at that point. And he says, okay, I'll do it. We got these pews on December 16th, seven days before we would open the church. It was a vision that we had early on, but we had the boldness to continue to reach out, even though really, I mean, there are some times where you like, you just feel bad. I'm like, man, I'm sorry. It's me again, but this would really be perfect for us, you know? Um, and let me tell you, not only did he sell them to us for that much, he brought an enclosed trailer with like eight or 12 of them in his own truck and brought them down for us. Like that was, listen, that you, you guys know the story of the building, right? You know how $45,000 came to pot. Like, you know, all of this thing. And what I'm, what I'm telling to you now is that what we are doing with this trailer right now, is, is a, it's a step of boldness. Bethany, Bethany and I last night were talking about this 
And Bethany's like, you know what is so stupid about all of this is that we have no clue what we're doing. <laughs> but let me tell you something. When you step out in boldness to do something that God wants to use you in, listen, we, we took a $4,000 leap of faith, right? It was, it was 4000 I mean, the trailer we bought for $3,000, but we had to buy tires, we had to buy parts, we, we had to buy things to get it here, okay? That was a $4,000 leap of faith that Bethany and I, within ourselves, said, you know what, even if the church doesn't have money for it right now, we're going to do this because we believe that God is wanting to do something in this, in this community. We believe this. We believe that we are called to serve our community in this way. I have been stopped and asked by so many people that are completely disconnected from church in every way. And they have said, are you really going to do this and not charge anything? I'm like, yes, that's exactly what we are going to do. And someone, someone, when they heard this, they were like, listen, I don't know if you know this, but there's this company and I'm not going to name the company, but you can buy this food. It is like, it is like, I mean, it's like from the slot bucket, like you can buy this for like pennies and you can reheat it and you can sell it and you can do all this. And Bethany, when she heard it, you know what Bethany said? She was like, we are going to serve the best of the best. She's like, I want the most, I want the freshest, I want the organic, like she's like, you know Bethany, right? She's like, I want the top of the line. And people are like, that's absurd. Like, that is not being fiscally responsible. But isn't that the type of reckless love that Jesus had for us? That he was like, you know what? I've got every, we've got everything here. But you know what? We are going to go out and we are going to give the best that heaven has to offer because we want people to be connected to the kingdom of God. That is what we are going to do as a church. So I, here, here's what I want to tell you, because many of you are like, this is weird and I don't know what's going to happen. Many of you have already reached out, have been like, listen, this is stirring something up within me that I want to be able to serve in. And I just, I want to tell you this because this is encouraging me and I wanted to encourage you because 14 days ago is when we started this, 14 days ago. And I just want to share with you what has happened in 14 days. 14 days since I stood up here and said, there's a trailer down in Alabama. <laughs> in 14 days, we have now had over $3,000 already given. To pay. The trailer itself has already been paid for, guys. Praise God. That is incredible. Listen, we didn't have that money. That was just a bold move that we were like, you know what? This is exactly what we feel like God wants us to do. And we asked you, we asked you as a church, we said, listen, we want you to support us in this. We want you to tell us like we're in. We want you to tell us that this is what we want to do. And, and you did that. We had people reach out to us. We had people message us. We had people call us. We had people text us. We had people who don't go to this church that literally reached out and said, we want to help in any way that we can because we believe in what you are about to do. And we were like, okay, we're going down there and we're doing this, okay? So first off, just the opportunity to buy the trailer for the price. I have had, 
I have had multiple people come look at the trailer that don't go to the church, and they've been like, I cannot believe that you have this trailer. Linda, Linda told me that she saw at a at a uh, the tri-state um, like the antique fair, someone had one of these trailers for sale in similar condition to what we have. They were selling it for twenty nine thousand dollars, right? Like shut the front door. Some of y'all's like just sell the trailer, Tom. <laughs> but. We have already had over $3,000 come in. When, when I went down there, okay, when I went down to, and I want to share some of the stories of what happened to us while we were down there. The day that we headed down, I had already been asked by the director of U.S. missions for the Church of God to share our story about how God provided for the building. He was like, we need people to hear this, and I want you to share it with church planners all across the nation. And so I literally, I am driving straight down to Knoxville because we we're going to stay in Knoxville. And when, when we left our driveway, I told Beth, I said, right now it says that we will be in Knoxville at 8.07. I think it was like 8.07. This call that I have to have with church planners is at 8 o'clock. I was like, we're going to shave seven minutes off. <laughs> That's what we're going to do. Because the other alternative was we're going to stop somewhere en route and I'm going to stop and I'm going to do this call and I'm going to speak to these church planners for like 10, 15 minutes and then I'm going to get off and I'm going to jump back in the truck and we're going to go the rest of the way. And so I was like, we're going to make it. And so we literally left here and we went straight to Knoxville. We didn't stop. We didn't look at nothing. It was just Knoxville with little harvest with a broken leg, like propped up on some pillows all the way down. Our kids are amazing. And so we, we get down to Knoxville, and I'm not kidding. We, we climb out of the truck. I go straight into the hotel. I look at the lady in the lobby, and I say, can I, have, can I take a phone call in the, the like breakfast area with my mask off? Because I have no clue. And she's like, she's like, you can do whatever you want without a mask. I don't care. And I was like, well, I'm, I'm just going to go over here and have this conversation. I get my phone up. I literally jump on at 8.01. So I was a little late and I was very apologetic about that. But they were just get, they were literally just getting everyone on. And so I jump on and I start sharing the story of how God provided for us, right? Because we did something bold, guys, as a church. We as a, as a church said during a pandemic, we're going to try to raise $45,000 instead of getting a loan. And God provided miraculously, praise God, because of boldness. We were bold enough to go after it. And so I sit there and I start sharing this story. And as I am sharing the story, there is a guy standing on the other side of this. And he is like going like this. He is jumping. He is literally, he's physically getting excited as I'm sharing the story. And, and there's church planners. I mean, there's dozens of church planners that are on here, okay? And this guy's like getting excited. And he's like, yes, yes, yes. And I'm like, look, I'm like, what is, like, is some, what is happening? And I look over at this guy and he's like, your story is encouraging me so much right now. Like I am, like this guy was literally getting excited. And so, I'm looking at this guy, like talking to this guy while trying to, and I'm like, I'm sorry, there is a guy in the hotel that is literally getting so excited about what I am sharing right now. And the guy, the guy says, I am a minister from North Carolina and I have been so 
down right now. He's like, but I am hearing what God has done in your situation. He's like, and I am literally filled with such excitement right now to go back to North Carolina. And I'm like, praise God. Like, out of all the places to stop there in Knoxville, Tennessee, at this hotel of all hotels, to run into this guy, right? And so I finish my story, and then he ends up coming, and we talk, and we share, and all these different things, okay? From that, I want you to hear this. There was another minister okay, who knew our story, knew what happened. He shared it with another pastor. This is crazy. I just heard this this week. He shared our boldness with another pastor. And this other pastor says, what? He's like, they did what? And he was so excited. And there was a church building that he felt that God had called them to. They are a church of like 25 people, guys. A church of like 25 people. And he goes to his congregation. He says, we are supposed to buy this building. And he says, church, I want to go in with $50,000 to tell them and put it down and say, look, we are this serious. We want to buy this building. It was a, it was, they wanted to buy the building for $110,000. And someone else was willing to buy the building for $125,000. He was like, I'm going to go in with $50,000. And he told this to his church. They raised $50,000 in one weekend. And the minister I was talking to, he was like, I want you to know this. His boldness was spurred because of the boldness that you guys had. He's like, like your story is encouraging other ministers, other people to be bold. And so church, I'm sharing this to say this, boldness breeds boldness. It does. When we as a church or when we as individuals step out and say that we're going to do bold things. Listen, even when everything else, everyone else may tell you it doesn't make sense, it doesn't look, there are still people to this date that do not believe that every month we give 50% of everything over our expenses. People don't believe that we've given, I think it's what, like $32,000 now? I think it is, I think she's probably got it, uh, got it back there that we've now given over $32,000 away as a church. Hello. And I love, it, even as we were thinking about that, it hit me. I was like, wait a minute. No wonder we called it being boldly generous. <laughs> like it was, it was being a crazy bold thing. But I, I want to I w- I share this real quick with you. Because what's sitting out there, we weren't ready for. We weren't, like we weren't prepared for that. I don't know how to do a food truck. <laughs> I literally had a conversation with some people that I know today to start asking them because they've done it. All right, tell me, what do I need to do? How do I need to do it? How do I need to go about this and this and this? I'm literally like, my YouTube history is getting crazy. Um, there's, I'm watching videos on stuff, all kinds of crazy stuff, guys, okay? But I want you to know this. If everything... Like if you look at so many situations and you say, okay, we're not ready. We haven't planned enough. We haven't figured this out. We, we don't know what we're doing right now. The reality is, is if everything was positioned perfectly, it wouldn't require boldness. And the things of God that change people, that change churches, that change cities, that change countries, nations, the world require boldness. It is not 
easy. It is not always simple. It requires a step of faith. In Numbers 14, Numbers 14, and I I didn't even give him the scriptures. I want to talk about this. Moses does something that I think is crazy bold. You need to go read it. Write down Numbers chapter 14. Because in verse 12, God tells Moses something insane. He tells Moses that he's going to strike the Israelites, he's going to disinherit them, and he's going to make a a nation instead by Moses that will be greater and mightier than the Israelites. Wow. We talk a lot about the Israelites in the Bibles. Something that if you think about from Moses' perspective, God is telling Moses, I am in, instead, I'm going to wipe these people from their inheritance and instead I'm going to make a great people. What if God came to you and said, you know what? Your family is going to be the family that is going to inherit everything that my word has spoken. That's like a what, right? But Moses does something incredibly bold Moses pleads with God and asks him not to do that to the Israelites. (laughs) And you know what God does? God moved on the bold request of Moses. We need to get back to being a people who aren't afraid to take bold requests to God, to take bold steps towards what God wants to do. Listen, I believe the church is going to return to its former glory when it embraces boldness like God has always desired for the church. Boldness and generosity, boldness in vision, boldness in prayer, boldness in preparation, boldness in action. It's time for the church to return to boldness. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 10 and 12, and they do have this. It says, indeed, in this case, what once had glory has come to have no glory at all because of the glory that surpasses this. This is talking about the new covenant. For if what was being brought to an end came with glory, much more will what is permanent have glory. And it says in verse 12, since we have such a hope, we are what? Very bold. This is supposed to be the description of the church of God. Hello. Since we have such a hope, we are very bold. I'm telling you this right now. No more timidity in winning people for Jesus. No more timidity in walking out what God has spoken over your life. You will not walk it out if you don't walk it out in boldness. That means sometimes you drive eight hours down to Alabama, you hook a trailer up that has no brakes. (laughs) That's a little stupidity with the boldness, okay? And you bring it back here because there are people in this city who need Jesus, and I believe that he is wanting to use this to do it. That, these are little things that I want you to hear because I believe that God is wanting you to become bold. I want you to hear that. I want you to let that sink in. Because I mean it. We as the church, we have stopped 
being bold and it is not okay. I told you a month ago when I sat here and I just, I rend my heart with you and I said, shame on me because if this place was just filled with all of our familiar faces, I would have been satisfied and that's wrong. It is wrong of me and I've repented of that but I warned you (laughs) as I repented of that that there was a fire that was being fueled and it might look a little crazy to some of you at times (laughs) but you know my heart. I I, I was reciting this to Beth even the other day. I said, uh, I love this saying, I've seen it, that in a large church this is very true. This is so true. And I, I, it may have been Mitch Maloney who originally said it. I don't know who originally said it. But in a large church, people let you pastor because of your preaching. In a small church, people let you preach because of your pastoring. And I think that's so true. I think it is so true. I've said it to you a hundred times. There are so many other places that you could have a full worship team. You could have every children's ministry thing that you've ever designed. You could have every class for every subgroup of human group that you want to be a part of. <laughs> you, can, you can have the most amazing speaker who knows lots of big words. <laughs> I'm not that guy. But what I will tell you is that I believe God is wanting to awaken boldness in each of us. If you have found yourself lacking in boldness, I believe that is the, it is the enemy trying to restrain you on purpose. He is, try, he is trying to put a restraining order on your boldness. And I will tell you that when, and I, and I shared I don't know, four stories with you tonight just about it. But I'm telling you that when you begin to step out in boldness, God will honor that boldness. Didn't he do that when the centurion soldier came to him and the centurion soldier said, I have a servant who is in desperate need of healing. And Jesus said, well, what do you want me to do? You want me to come? I'll come to your house and heal him. And he said, no, no, I don't need you to come to my house. You say the word and he'll be healed. Jesus, Jesus looked at him and he said, not even in Israel have I found such faith. God, guys, I want, I want God to be looking at our church, to be looking at our people, to be looking at our community and saying, I haven't found anyone who have, who have had the type of faith to do the things that you are doing. That's what I want. That's what I want for our church That's what I want for us individually. That's what I want for our lives. And so I am telling you this. It is time for us to awaken some boldness. And I'm telling you right now, because I want you to open your eyes if you're not seeing it. It is already happening in what's sitting there right now. It is already happening. People who are disconnected from God. I had a couple. I'm... I am not kidding. I had a couple reach out to me today. They said, we moved here from Utah and we saw what you were doing and we want to get connected. We, we want to get connected to what you're doing because we want to serve people like that. 
We want to be the hands and feet of Jesus like that. We haven't gotten connected anywhere yet. We came from Utah and we don't know where we're supposed to be, but we saw what you were doing and we want to connect because we want to serve and love people like Jesus did. Praise God. We are going to do that. I'm going to ask you to stand with me as we get ready to close. And I, and I, I listen, I, I know tonight was a little different and, and I don't, I don't have a, um, I, I'm not going to do a closing song with you tonight. Okay. But I, I want to share, I want to share this with you. Um, I want to share this with you. Boldness breeds boldness. And I believe that God wants every single one of you to be bold. For some of you, being bold right now looks like being bold enough to be consistent in your faith. Being bold enough to say, you know what, I, uh, I haven't really felt comfortable anywhere. I, I felt nervous. I felt um, like I didn't belong. I, I, felt, dis- I felt unworthy. But some of you have said, you know what, I need to have the boldness to even though I felt like that, to keep, to keep being consistent and keep stepping in a little more, and keep, and, and get connected. And some of you might be saying, you know what, I need to have the boldness to believe that there's a God that loves me enough to, to wants me to do that, right? Like some of you need that type of boldness. Some of you need boldness to say, I am done being a pew warmer. I'm done warming the bench. Huh. Let me tell you, I, I, remember, I remember God speaking to me about this once before, and I am not a sports guy. Believe it or not, I know this athletic physique makes you think, I don't know why you guys laugh when I say that, but makes you think that I am the most athletic fit person in the world. Um, but there's a, there was this one thought that God gave me the one day that when, when a team wins, it is so much more rewarding when you actually played in that game. There are some people that enjoy the excitement of the win who maybe didn't play in the game that week, but they sat on the bench. It still feels good because I was a part of the team. But it feels so much better when you were playing in the game. And there are some of you who have enjoyed victory, maybe even here, maybe other places, because you were there, because you were on the bench or on the pew or whatever the story was. But I am telling you that right now, there is a boldness that God will awaken in you when you get active in the game. And God wants to awaken some of that boldness in you, in me, guys, in me. I feel that stirring in me, okay? And so I I say all that to say, we are going to become bold in more than just our generosity, but in everything that we do. Amen? Amen? Amen. From the outside, amen? amen. Maybe. I don't. A little bit louder now. Um, I'm going to ask you to close your eyes with us. Lord Jesus, I thank you for tonight. God, I thank you for the opportunity to share what you are doing in our hearts God, I pray that this would encourage those 
that are connected to this body, that aren't connected to this body, but that will be connected to this body, or aren't connected to this body, but they are connected to the body of Christ, praise God. Or for those that have been disconnected and say, God, I, I, I want to be connected. I want to experience boldness like this. God, I pray that this would encourage them. God, let what you are doing in us encourage so many. I pray for provision. I pray for organic. <laughs> I pray for the best of the best, Jesus. Because that's what you've given to us. And God, we are going to give the best no matter what it takes because people's souls are worth it. We are not going to cut corners. We are going to serve as you would have served. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. If you Listen, if you are someone who was here today and maybe you wanted that time of prayer, I want you to know that you are welcome to come talk to me or anyone in this building or outside of this building. And if they can't pray for you, they will find someone that will pray for you, okay? Um, and there, there was just one more, one more quick thing I wanted to share and I forgot to share this. When, when we got down there to get that trailer, those tires, um, uh, I'm trying to think of a good analogy or get stuck trying to find an analogy and you can't find one. And then you just look like a goon in front of everybody. I do that. Um, um, anyways, these tires were awful. They'd been sitting there dry rotting for 14 years. And uh, the tire, I bought tires online to go down there and put on them because I thought I was a smart guy. And then I got down there and the tires were too small, <laughs> which means I wasn't a smart guy. So at six in the morning, Alabama, I'm, I am literally driving around trying to find someone that has the exact size tires that I need. I am going everywhere. Firestone said, man, I don't have them, but if you can find them, I will take the old tires, I will dispose of the old tires, and I will put new tires on for $85. I'll just charge you $85. And I was like, okay, let me keep my hunt. I went everywhere, and I found a Walmart. <laughs> but Walmart, all their auto centers are closed right now. I don't know if you know that. They closed them all down with COVID. And so I went to a Walmart, and a and, uh, little sweet old lady um, she's punching it in the keyboard, looking for these tires. And I'm like, Lord Jesus, let these tires be here. And she's punching and punching and punching. And she's looking and she's writing. She's looking. She, she says, we have four of these tires and they're $72 each. And I said, I want those four tires. And so we got those four tires. She says, well, we can't put them on for you. I said, that's okay. And I, and, I, and I jump in the truck, and I looked like a tire dealer at this point because I have, I have the four tires that I bought that don't fit. I have the four old rims and tires that are dry rotted, and now I got these four new tires, and I took a picture of them. I should have gave it to them. So I look like one of those tire dealers with tires just jumping out of the back of my truck. And pretty close to there is a Goodyear. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to stop into the Goodyear and talk to him. And I go into the Goodyear, and I was like, listen, man. I got four tires. 
I just need to get him swapped out. He's like, back up to, to dock three. He's like, I got a guy. It's not doing anything right now. I was like, sweet, because Firestone said it's going to be a while. So I'm like, I back up, and they, they roll the tires off, and he's like, you can go sit down inside. And I went inside, and and uh, um, then I, and I was like, oh, I'm kind of bored being inside. You know, I'm a, I'm a loser. I like to go around and talk. And so I, I get out there, and the guys are working on it. I'm talking to him and stuff, and blah, 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 blah. Anyways, um, he's getting the last tire done, so I go on inside because I'm like, I'm going to hurry up and pay so I can get done. As soon as I get inside, the manager is outside, and he's waving me back out, and he comes up, and he hits his fist out, and he fist bumps me. He's like, you're good, man. Don't worry about it. That's just one of the other things. I mean, there's so many. There's so many. Uh, our, our first room got upgraded because we got there and they had pity on us, I think. <laughs> All these kids with one single bed. No, I'm just kidding. We didn't. <laughs> Could we have a cot, please, ma'am? No. Um, anyways, uh, anyways, I, I just, I, I'm encouraged by what God is doing and I pray that you are encouraged and God is, God is wanting to do bold things in your lives and I want you to see what's happening here and I want you to tap into that boldness and do something bold for God. Amen? Amen. Amen. Okay. Last two things I want to mention before we get out of here. I'm sorry for being a little long-winded here. October 24th. Y'all's like, what the heck is October 24th? October 24th is going to be a celebration service here. We are going to be celebrating. We are going to have a number of special guests here. We're going to be celebrating that real church is going to become a real church. (laughs) We are going to become an official church. As you guys know, we've been a mission church. And October 24th, I I want you to be here. If If you believe in real church, if you support real church, I am planning that it will be October 24th at 7 p.m., okay? Because it's going to keep getting darker, and soon enough, our services are going to be at 7 p.m., believe it or not. But um, we, are, we are going to ask you to be here. It's going to be a special, note, a special night, and I'm going to go ahead and I'm proclaiming this now, that on that date, we are also going to be celebrating that we will be 100% debt-free, because the only debt that we have remaining was from that $15,000 interest-free loan that we got two and a half years ago. I am believing that it will be completely gone. We only owe like $900 on that, guys. So October 24th, 24th, I'm sorry, um, we are going to be celebrating church paid off, debt gone, working on a food truck. God is good. We're a real church, real church. (laughs) So October 24th, I want you to mark the date for that. And I am going to go ahead and say, men, Wednesday night, I am not a sluggard, men. Wednesday night, I am going to say starting at 5 o'clock till maybe 7, 8 o'clock, I am going to be here at the church. I want to invite you to meet me here at the church because we're going to start working on the trailer. I ain't waiting. So if it's just me here working on the trailer, Wednesday at 5 o'clock, I'll be here working on the trailer at 5 o'clock. We're going to start ripping things out. We're going to start preparing. We're going to start getting down to the subfloor so we know what we're dealing with, and we're going to make this thing happen. Amen? Amen. We love you. We appreciate you. You guys have a great, 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 great night, and we will see you next week.